When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are the wives this is your weekly monday happy hour this is the wives of wrestling podcast we are broadcasting from the blue chew studios try blue chew free use that promo code wives and pay five dollars shipping it's all worth it because this episode is going to be very much worth your time i'm john alba joined as always by giovanna angle and kim orton ladies how are we today very very well we're fantastic and why are we so fantastic because this is a big one Oh, yeah, it is. It's a got, big one. Yes, we, got, we can't wait. We got a badass with us. There's nothing better than having another badass chick. I love it. Yes, the baddest, in fact, the baddest. Ronda yes. freaking Rousey yes. on the Wives of Wrestling podcast. Yes. We're gonna bring her in in just a moment, ladies. Last week, Ask Wives, everyone was loving life. Everyone thought it was great. We had people suggest that we should do one of those a month, even. So yeah. some stuff I loved it. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that one. It was easy. It was so easy. Yeah. And I really think that uh, it gave a great insight as to who you guys are. And it allowed the fans to have a voice as well with our podcast. So let's hop into things. We got to do our opening toast. And we're going to send this toast to Ronda Rousey. Okay. And I'll give you guys the toast this week. I'm drinking some beer. Look at this. This wet ticket. Brewing. My sister designed this. She's a graphic designer. Get out of here. Mango beer. Mango. Mango. I had the best mango I've ever eaten in my life in Bora Bora. Of course, Bora Bora. We all know. Bora Bora. Bora, Bora, Bora. Bora. That was like the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's a cheers to Ronda Rousey for joining us. And let's have some fun today. She is the baddest woman on the planet, and I guess that makes us, using the transitive property, the baddest podcast on the planet. Ronda Rousey, WWE superstar, joining the Wives of Wrestling podcast. Ronda, how are you today? Fantastic. How are you? We're we're thrilled. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Giovanna was the one who was like, what if we could get Ronda on here? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And now we and made it. Universe quick, like you know, brought to us, and then she reached out to Kurt, and I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, well, Kurt did like the world's worst interview ever for me for that Rowdy Places show, and like, not only was it out in the sun, blaring sunlight, but like they put me in the chair where the sun was in my eyes, and I asked him because I'm all pregnant and sweating and hating it. I'm like, Kurt, can you just switch me chairs? But he looked really great in the lighting, I will say. But you know, I got the the non sun in the eyes for hours and after he did that for me i was like what can i do for you for your life anything you want <laughs> he also had swamp baths i had to hear about that for like an hour when he came <laughs> <laughs> what a champ such and a champ <laughs> there is nothing off limits here on the wives of wrestling podcast and we're so excited to have you because you're not just you're not a wife a wife of wrestling you are a wrestling wife you are out there 
on the road right now, just absolutely killing in WWE, big match at WrestleMania, Royal Rumble winner. I mean, how have things been since you got back out on the road? Uh, man, it's been really crazy traveling with an infant. Um, I didn't realize how crazy it was because I guess Vince decided that I should get a weekend off every once in a while. And so this past weekend, he gave me off, which I completely forgot about until like, because, you know, mania, you said the blinders on. Um, and then this last week, I was like, man, I, I, I didn't realize how much the time spent at home was spent like, OK, recover as fast as you can and then get ready to go again. And that was kind of like the cycle that we'd got into over and over of like, let's recover. Let's get ready to go. Um, that we didn't really have much time to just stay home and be home and kind of like settle in, to just be in the family and hanging out. And so it's been kind of like <clears throat> difficult constantly being on the run like that, um, which the timing of having last weekend couldn't have been better because Paul was just getting like congested right as we would have had to leave again. And like going on a plane with a baby that's starting to get sick is just mm. the worst. So. Uh, I got spared from that this week, but mostly it's like it's just a the a grind of um, you know having Poe with me and every plane ride we're counting down the hours. It's a uh, uh, Sarah Rowe, <laughs> formerly Logan, uh, said uh, perfectly that I wrestle for free; they pay me to travel, kind of a thing. And so uh, I, it's absolutely amazing being back in wrestling and seeing everybody. It, it feels like no time has passed, but. Um, yeah, the travel with a baby is definitely the most taxing thing out of anything else. It's got to be cool, too, um, having all the other little babies around, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. At Mania, we had, there was like a whole little baby section with like Libby and Rue and Poe. And um, <clears throat> I think um, was a cash there. I don't know. I mean, But there's all these different. Oh, yeah. And Lacey just came back with her baby who is just like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not the Rona. Um, I'm just drinking a kombucha with cayenne pepper and I didn't expect it to be so spicy. Um, but, uh, yeah, now Poe has like a little baby friend, like all of her baby friends are actually Aww. on the road. That's and when I'm home, it's just like, yeah, we don't really, we don't have any local baby friends. We should make some, I don't know where you get those. You don't like go to the dog park for them. Baby I don't know where you find one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of becomes lonely as a mom. You just like are a mom all of a sudden. And then you yeah. have to find like moms that you could click with that have babies. Yeah, That's, really I, That's how we click like real fast too. Really? Yeah, yeah I heard the kids are only a few weeks apart. Really? Weeks, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was That's cute because awesome. we were pregnant together. We didn't even know. So <laughs> I know it's it. How did you like being pregnant, Rhonda? Oh, I hated it. You did. Oh uh, man, I carried her so high. I felt like anything I ate, there was just like chunks in my throat. Even if I wasn't eating, I felt like there was like little literal chunks in my throat. She was just so high up. Mm. And um, yeah, I was I, I remember like <clears throat> right after we took her home. First time I got to lay on my stomach because I'm a stomach sleeper. Oh, me too. Oh, and I'm like, this Great. is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, oh, I miss it so much. And then, like, the next day, like, my boobs became engorged. And then, like, I tried to lay on my stomach oh. on a full arch. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the window was <laughs> short and sweet, but I loved it. Just oh, all over your sheets, right? <clears throat> <laughs> were you hoping, because I feel like because of Travis, were you hoping for a girl or a boy? Oh, I, um, I grew up in a house of all women, like even the pets were all girls. My poor stepdad, my mom had four daughters and then we had girl guinea pigs, girl cats, girl everything. Wow. 
And um, then uh, Travis Brown comes into my life and I go from like world's most eligible bachelorette to like instant family. <laughs> and I, it's like all these guys, it's these boys and my yeah. husband and he did have girl dogs though. But uh, yeah, if I don't have a hair tie, like I'm shit out of luck. Like nobody else has a hair tie. <laughs> and I'm like, get my neon bead. Yeah. I got the neon bead. There we go. <laughs> but yeah, it was a big, um, a big change. And I was really happy to get some uh, feminine energy in the house. I was rooting for mm -hmm. a girl. And I feel like he, he was just destined to have a daughter. He needed to have one. Oh, that man looks like he was built for a tea party, you know? Oh, oh. He I knew he was going to be such a girl dad is when I saw Nicoletta attached <laughs> that mm -hmm. one night. It was, he was holding Nicoletta when, um, I think, that, was this the first time that we we all met? I, I don't even know. But so Nicoletta wanted him and she passed out on him. And it was the cutest thing. And he was like taking pictures and said it to Ron. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then she was like Good playing with that. his beard and i remember <laughs> whenever we left and we went to the hotel back to our room she was screaming crying for travis oh. was bogged out he was like <laughs> why is she like like him not and then she was he was like it's okay come the daddy and she did not want kurt at all i videotaped it and <laughs> oh, said it to him. oh no he did not want kurt she wanted travis she was screaming and i sent a video i was like look what you did to our kid Oh no! I mean, Kurt shouldn't feel bad though. He's like a baby magnet. Even like my niece last night, who I was like totally attached to my sister, and is like the most doesn't like anyone else holding her, but falling asleep in his arms and all cuddling and like just all kids. They, 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 they. I don't know. He, he's like the child whisperer or something like that, and they all become an obsessed with Uncle Trav, Uncle Trav. So yeah, I'm not surprised. Don't let Kurt feel bad. It's it's his superpower. <laughs> So I want to ask you a question. Is this your last one? No, not at all. So what is your, how many do you want? I originally wanted to myself have four. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, what's it called? Because wrestling and wanting to come back and all of this stuff, um, we may, like, probably going to try for, um, Three, so that's five total yeah but um welcome to the club <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i mean i had a house of like you know four girls and i was just like well the, the boys are gonna get older so then they're gonna be out of the house and then we still have to fill the house some more because yeah. we have a big age age gap which um oh, yeah. we had between me and my little sister julia was 11 years apart oh, wow. so we kind of have another like um age gap so it's not like as much. It sounds like five kids sounds like a lot of kids, but like when two of them are, you know, able to drive a car, yeah. and other ones are shitting all over themselves, it's like a different dynamic. Um, <laughs> mixed, mixed families has been a big topic on this podcast. We've talked a lot. Both Kim and Giovanna uh, have that experience. What has that experience been like for you, and how was the integration process? Um, I feel like no one ever talks about how awesome being a stepmom is. You yeah. know. You only hear about like, Ooh, yeah. like the evil stepmother and and things like that. The one that stepmom you didn't like or stepmom somebody else didn't like. And um, like no one ever talks about having to like earn that love from anyone. And like first starting with with like Trav's kids, 
they used to call me Ronda Rousey, like first and last name all of the time. And to get from that point, I would like, um, you know, read them stories every night. We'd all put them to bed and you know, I would tell them I loved them all the time. And it was years. I would, you know, every time go to bed, I love you or say goodbye. I love you. And the first time that they like, I heard, I love you too. I was like, ah. <laughs> I like broke down crying in like the hallway. I had to like get away. I'm like, okay, good night. And then like, you know, just bawling. Cause it like took years for us to like get to that point where they could feel comfortable saying that I love you too. And I'd shown that enough to them and, but they felt comfortable like expressing themselves like that to me. And, um, when you have a kid, they just come out loving you. And mm-hmm. with being a stepmom, um, having to earn that love is an entirely different experience yeah. that no one really talks about how like fulfilling and amazing it is. Yeah, yeah I, it's you. Gosh. It, and I could see like you feel the same way with Alana. I feel like she's she's one of my kids. I call her. I don't say you know, my stepdaughter, Alana. I say I have five kids. You know, mm-hmm. four came out of me. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's, she's my kid and it's, it's weird. Do you ever get heat online for saying like the boys are yours? Because I have, I've gotten, yeah, I've got, you know, people talking shit saying like, well, she's not your daughter. I'm like, well, I know that, but she is my daughter. <laughs> like, you know, I, I didn't have her, but she's my, my daughter. I love her just as much as I love my, any of my other kids. Um, people might talk shit about it. Uh, my my mom has a great advice, and she says never read the bottom half of the internet. And like, mm-hmm. I just kind of use my great social advice. and all those kind of things to like put information out there. Mm-hmm. And I don't really go into the comment section to receive anything back. Um, you know what I mean? Because like some <laughs> yeah. people like the the role that you play in their life, or you're their emotional punching bag, and they're gonna vent whatever is going on in their life to you over your social media and you know, whatever that's serving whatever purpose in their lives, but you don't have to read that and absorb that for, um, for it to have any, you know, the, the effect that they're desiring. Right. And so anything yeah. you put out there, just leave it. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I used to do that. I used to read my comments and, uh, back before Travis in my life, I would wake up in the morning and read my comments like the newspaper. And it just mm-hmm. um, seemed like some sort of like, narcissistic masturbatory like not mentally healthy thing like let me wake up in the morning and think about what other people think about me you know and it just um uh just so much happier leaving it out in the ether and just uh usually i just assume the worst about people but i don't really spend that much of my time (laughs) thinking about what what they're thinking yeah good for you you know kurt used to actually do that when he was going through whenever especially when he was getting in trouble he was seeing like, did they still like me and trying to get like, you know, try to figure that out. And it got him in such a like such a crazy depression. And we had it. He had to shut off for like a good month one time and then reset. And then he got back on and he realized they were just words and not to look at them and everything. So it really got him into that type of mindset. But thank God, I think that whole month was like a really good like a wake up call to him that like why are you even reading that? And why do you even care? You know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Like, and also it's like, that's not an accurate sample of the population. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a very, very, like, if you look at your uh, statistics on your, on your social, say, I'm a crazy finger. I chopped off. Sorry, but that's distracting. Um, <laughs> you'll get like a million 
so a couple million people that are like look at something and then a couple hundred thousand that will like hit like and maybe a couple uh hundred that have commented maybe a thousand two thousand and then like the very small part of that are people that are like dickheads that aren't just sending emojis you know what i mean and so if you think about like who are these people like there are people that i have not so great opinions about that i don't spend any of my time like going into their social media and like being like right Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) and uh i just don't think about them at all in my life and uh i i think that a lot of times like uh, it, it really helped my perspective when I was like, this person, whatever they think about anything else in their life, mm-hmm. like whatever they think politically or what their favorite color <clears throat> is, or if they think that ranch or blue cheese should go with buffalo wings, I don't give a damn about anything that they think, except for the, the thing that they think that's about me. Like that's just being like, you know, narcissistic right there. And I just need Smart. to like let that go of you know it, it, but it's not it's it's like an instinctual thing that we're social creatures and wanting to be in good social standing is like oh my god if my village doesn't like me they're gonna throw me out to the wolves and i'm gonna be like wolf meat you know and it's like in your brain of oh i want to make sure everyone likes me so i don't get thrown to the wolves but um you kind of have also have to think that okay no one's throwing me to the wolves i live in east los angeles <laughs> you know what i mean it's fine <laughs> and just walk away it's cool so how do you go about getting feedback that is helpful for you and getting advice that is helpful for you because a lot of people turn to social media to get a a, a temperature of, of what do people think about my work and maybe that's not the healthiest as you just explained so who is your circle of trust especially within the wwe realm well i don't really need to know what people think about my work you know what i mean it's kind of like if you go to an art gallery right and there's like the artist there of like i threw this paint at this fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> like that they, they don't want to stand there and explain to them what like that what their their paint splat means and they don't care what other people think of their paint splat they they were feeling a thing and splattered their paint and it's there for you to make of it what you will and um i don't think really how it's received matters too much i mean the the i guess the uh feedback i get is like a live audience yeah. And um, there's a lot of times where what you would think is coming online and what the live audience is expressing are two opposite things. And it just kind of, which um, case in point, Royal Bumble, I left as a heel and was getting booed out of every stadium. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's, that's what I assumed everyone thought. And, and I was still a heel. And any interviews I gave in the meantime, I was like, you know, talking shit on the fans and like, you know, being in in character for in case I come back and um that's what I assumed I would come back to and when it ended up being like uh not that reaction I um I was really really surprised and I wasn't I was almost like too guarded to let them like make me happy in that moment you know what I mean so uh, be but I I don't know if I would have thought otherwise by looking at comments or anything else you know what i mean so whatever the live audience is leaving me with is what i'm i'm assuming uh what people feel like in general because yeah like the internet is not a a good sample 
There are a lot of responsibilities that come with being an adult. It's not easy working 12-hour days, picking up kids from school, cooking dinner, budgeting, yuck. None of this is fun, right? But we're adults, so we should be able to have fun when we want to. And yeah, I'm talking about the kind of fun that goes down after the kids go to bed, the lights go down, your man is gearing up, ready to go. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Now, if you're like the wives, your husband or boyfriend or boy toy, I'm not sitting here judging you, trust me. Well, they may be on the road all the time. They're tired. They don't want to do anything once they get back. Nah, because it's time to replace the three eyes with one intercourse. And if you're a guy hearing this, trust me, the process is incredibly easy. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And all those uh, confidence issues, well, those will soon go away. The best part is it's all done online. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. And you can spend all your free time pouring out a nice glass of wine, getting yourself in the mood and ready to go for some sparks. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Gents, that thing is going to surprise you like an RKO out of nowhere. Kurt Angle may have won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck, but trust me, you're not going to win one with a broken freaking dick. Oh, it's true, it's true, and you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, and Blue Chew can help you, and we got a special deal for our listeners. You try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code WIVES at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code WIVES, to receive your first month free. Just visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information, and of course, we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring our podcast. So you and um, Travis and me and Kim, and we all talked about like a balance in our personalities. Does tra- like how opposite are you and Travis? And he is he like when you are in certain moods, does he calm you down? Or like if you're like, you know, what like the same, like, what type of personalities do you guys have that are same and opposite? Um. Well, I think whatever mood we're in, we yeah. usually counteract the other one. Like if I'm in a bad mood, he'll be in a good mood. If I'm, you know, or vice versa. Um, rarely are we both like annoyed at the same time. Or if, or if one of us is like, well, accept the role. Like, okay, he's had a worse day, so therefore I'm the one that's going to bring him up. Yeah. Um, but uh, things that were opposite about well, uh, organization. <laughs> <or> <laughs> I would live in squalor I and not notice it because uh, my mom, um, after my dad died, she was working like three jobs and had three girls by herself. And um, literally, we would have to like make paths to the house. What? The only reason I'm disorganized is because I'm so bad. He says the only reason <laughs> he's disorganized he's is because I'm so bad. <laughs> well, I am this bad. I'm explaining. I'm explaining. Yeah, it's I, uh, I I told him that like it's think. much easier. Like I've really yep. I can spot things out with my eyes. If I have everything I own spread out on the floor, <laughs> I could spot what I want yep. faster than I can remember where it is that I put that thing <laughs> away. 
But the thing is, because I lived in the house with paths cross, you know, carved through it and just a mess all the time, I kind of, I like don't see it. Mm -hmm. I just block it out. Mm. And uh, one time, Trav, <laughs> it was like during the, the pandemic. So there was like no one to help us out with cleaning the house, which my mom always told me, like, you're going to need like a housekeeper and a secretary for the rest of your life because you're so damn disorganized. Oh you better like... Gosh. You better like hustle <laughs> so you can afford these things. Um, so then Chav said he was so tired of doing the dishes that he was going to not do the dishes and see how long it took me. <laughs> That's great. How, how break, I'll get a that. <laughs> well, the thing is, he was doing like these meal prep things at the time and he has like these little containers, right? And he would just throw them in the sink and throw them in the sink. Well, there's like a bunch of, it would fill up so quickly with these containers. So eventually when the sink filled up, I'm just like, well, well your shit's so he hears he hears the sound and clangering and clamoring in the kitchen. He's like, "Oh, she's finally she's finally <laughs> doing the dishes." And or you're just throwing to... them away and buying new ones. No, I should have. Would do. Um, no, I took all of Kurt the containers and I stacked them up and organized them in the sink. So yeah. there was more room in the sink to keep filling yeah. it up. And he, and he said it wouldn't take you just as much time for you to put these in the dishwasher. Like, well, I mean, it was just, you know. I yeah, think I totally drive uh, Randy crazy with that. He's such a neat freak. He was like, oh, even when I was little, I would line my toys up and just keep them, like, keep them on a shelf. And I'm what like, psycho. What? Yeah, I'm like, that's so, like, I don't know. So when, when we moved in, here to Minnesota, uh, to Minnesota. Where the fuck do I live? To Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> when we moved here, he was going crazy because I had three little boys, and you know that they, they would take their socks off and just throw them on the floor, or put them in a cup holder in the media room, or like <laughs> there'd be little guys laying all over, uh, you know, the house, and he's like. I'm getting stressed out. Like I, I can't breathe. <laughs> he would like freak the fuck out. Now he's finally come to the point. He's like, he has his little section of stuff that he has organized. And he loves that. We don't share a closet mm -hmm. because I am the fucking worst. I will try a hundred things on. And no then I way. I take them and they go like on the floor. I'll take them and they go like next to the hanger. <laughs> like there's a, a basket of clean clothes in my closet that I rummage through. And he's like, but why? Why? Why can't you just put them away? I'm like, I don't know. I have a sick problem. So you, have, share so they, you both have like very tall, worse. big husbands, right? Yes. Do they like get weird about like tripping on things or stepping on things? Oh, God. Is, is, I, my husband's probably the most clumsiest person that I've ever met in my life. That's crazy. And He's that's so what smooth. I say so to him, smooth. John. That's what I say to him. I go, how can you be so smooth yeah. in the ring? And you are the clumsiest person I've ever met in my fucking life. He gets hurt more home than he does at work. Well, that's because you don't have the you, you have to focus so much when you're doing yes. something specific that that's I have to true. explain it to Trav. It's like putting a computer in sleep mode. When I'm not doing something <laughs> that like it requires all of my focus, I am in sleep mode. And so, yeah, I have like broken my toes running to the bathroom and different things like that. That's super clumsy, not paying attention because you have to be so focused for like certain periods of time that you're just like not even 
paying attention the rest of the time. But uh, yeah, Trav has like this this thing about I don't know, like a big guys have like they're more likely to hurt their ankles or something. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. He did basketball and he was like ankles. He's like yeah. had a bunch of ankle surgery. But like for some reason, he thinks that I'm like trying to set booby traps for him and <laughs> I just like kick my he shoes off and like him. <laughs> yeah. So every time I'll randomly oh, hear him like kick a shoe and be like fucking landmines, send <laughs> booby traps all over his goddamn house. Yes. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just, you know. That is so funny. Right. You know, you know, whenever Kurt walks around, swear to God, this is true because he's so fucking clumsy. I actually, before I go to sleep, I make sure that things are not in the way because I do not want to yeah. wake up with him breaking something. So I, because he, he like eats every what, three hours. So he'll eat throughout the night every few hours. So, <laughs> and then awesome. it's so funny because he drags. He drags his feet like this and you can hear him from a fucking mile away, just dragging his feet in his, in his undies, in his undies, yeah. he walks around in his undies. It is what it is, guys. I'm surprised you don't have like a George Costanza sandwich in your bedside. Those are protein bars, which are I will find a sandwich. What are you talking about? <laughs> I will kill him if he did that. I will kill him because he eats um, those protein bars next to the bed. Oh, my God. It's so funny because. I tell him to stop eating these damn protein bars because it's the one that gets on your hands. Yeah. And, and then he'll smear it in front of <laughs> he'll smear it in the bed, which pisses me off. And, and yeah, it's so funny because, listen, listen, there is times where I, I said, do not eat. I said, go to the bathroom. Go wherever. Stop eating those protein bars in the bed. So I'll be sleeping there, okay? All I hear is the fucking rappers. Like, like he's slick. Like it's like a fucking movie. I swear to you, you guys could talk to him and ask him. Doing it all slow. I, I will hear him <sighs> opening it up, and then I'll hear him crunching on it, That's and then I'm just like this motherfucker. <laughs> and then I'll fall back to sleep, and I'll wake up, and the rapper will be gone. But then you'll see crumbs all around like a child, and I'm like, I can't believe it. Now I got to change the sheets again, so which funny. I did yesterday. So, yeah, that's the story about your buddy, Kurt. I, he's such a like, oh, my God, with that stuff. But uh, you know what? Funny. I can't help but go uh, uh, on, a, on a tangent story. But me Please. and Trevor, no, um, no. you know, he, he does those same kind of things where he'll like blame me about shit in bed. <laughs> he'll be like, there's all this fucking sand in the bed. You're always bringing in sand. sand in the damn bed. <laughs> He was staying this person for a while. Like I think it was just like a night, and then again in the morning, and then again the next night until you find. We broke Ronda Rousey. <laughs> <laughs> he had a little Ritz cracker floating around in the bed because he was eating Ritz crackers in the bed. He me for days about bringing sand into the bed. <laughs> What do you think I'm doing? You think I'm like going out like with a horse and being like, oh, yeah, rolling it dead and then jumping into the thing. Shaking your hair out. I know, right? Ah. You did that shit on purpose. <laughs> oh, man. So every time I'm like, I fucking stand in here, babe. Oh, man. But that's the, the fact that it's all those like inside jokes and like little things. Like, 
And I think that makes like what makes like an awesome marriage awesome is taking those kind of things that for other people would turn into an argument and then you guys turning it into a joke that lasts forever. Yes. For example, Pat was probably looking for his toothpaste right now because I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> I hit it this morning and um, I did it because like there was one time because he gets up at like four o'clock in the morning to like uh, work out before he goes and takes care of the animals and does his podcast and all this other stuff. He just works so hard. He wakes up at four o'clock in the morning. He's like, babe, where's the toothpaste? I'm like, what? Like, where'd you hide the toothpaste? I'm like, hide it. He's like, you're hiding the toothpaste. I'm like, I don't hide toothpaste. Right. Until and then he's like, oh, never mind. It's, it's right here. It's right here. The dude was like talking shit and busting my ass that, that night. And I'm like, that's it. I'm hiding your toothpaste. I got it. up and I started every time, every morning, I would take his toothpaste and like put it in a different spot. And so he started hiding my toothpaste and put it in a different spot. And like it just became this thing where I would hear him like randomly giggling somewhere from in the house and be like, oh, he's trying to brush his teeth right now. And it's got to the point where I would like tape it to like the top of the doorway. Oh, and like terrible. we would think of like all the different places that we could put it. And uh, yeah, so instead funny. of taking it in, into an argument of like, I didn't hide your fucking toothpaste. You should look for it. Da, da, da. You know, we made it into a never ending toothpaste hiding competition. Yeah, you'll have that forever. And, uh, yeah, and every time he looks for his toothpaste, he knows that I was thinking of it. Aww, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Instead of Elf on a Shelf, you have Elf on a Rhonda. Just right. a little doll that just steals right. shit. Yeah. Just all over the place. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and I have something incredible for you to try. Chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites by Physically Fit Nutrition. You have chicken protein and plant protein. You choose. They're incredible. 11 different flavors, including cinnamon swirl, sriracha, buffalo wing and blue cheese, cheese pizza, sour cream and onion, just to name a few. You can get them in our family size seven ounce serving bag or our two ounce single serve packages. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Use promo code ANGLEPOD20 to get 20% off your first order, or you can sign up on our website to be a lifetime member and get 20% off not just for your first order, but forever. Try them. You're going to love them. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Uh, Rhonda, I'd love to ask you, since we were just talking about Kurt, and Giovanna has been so like, we got to get Rhonda on, we got to get Rhonda on. Kurt is so embedded in your wrestling career. Like Kurt has been so influential and I don't even know if you realize this, but how important you are to the angle family. Giovanna has told several stories about what you've meant to her daughter, Sophia and whatnot. So I'd love to hear more about Kurt's influence on your career and your life and what that relationship is like. Uh, wow. Well, Kurt was an influence on me before I even met him as like an aspiring Olympian. I wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist. First American to win the Olympic gold medal in judo. I mean, I mean, Kurt was that hero that I had of, oh, you could one day you could have people look up to you like and talk to you with that, talk about you with the kind of reverence that people talk about Kurt, like from wrestling. People in wrestling are all oh, like Kurt Angle, you know? Right. So I wanted to be the Kurt Angle of judo. And um, then when I came into the WWE and they partnered us up, it was like, I, he's the only person that's really been in a similar situation like that coming 
from the outside, from other successes and starting your rookie year in under a microscope in the spotlight and um, having no idea what you're getting into. Like, I don't know. I still don't know anything about wrestling. Like, what, what is this place? And so um, having him as kind of to to guide me in the very beginning and and not like roll his eyes at me and all the kind of stuff, you know, I would like say or do or whatever that are like um, that um, it's just my inexperience and stuff like that. And he was an, an awesome guide and a teacher. And I was kind of felt like I was, uh, I was in good hands and that like anything that I aspire to is possible. Cause Kurt has already done it. Mm-hmm. And um, if Kurt could do it, I could do it kind of a thing. You know, he's not an alien. I, I could do it because he did. And maybe I could do more. And he, he's kind of like that, um, that uh, he brought like the, the standard of what is possible to a certain level. And he, he showed that I could do that and I could even maybe even do more. Like he, he made me like um, aspire to, to, to do as much as possible. Whereas like when I first came into wrestling, I, I didn't think that like, I'd even be able to have a match. I, it's just so complicated. And I, I, I didn't think I'd ever be able to have a singles run. I thought I might be able to be like a periphery, like helping helper character, like, like hurt, you know, and be able to be in a tag and stuff like that. And um, after I'd worked with him, I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe I can actually do this and not just be like somebody's whatever flair. <laughs> right. What yeah. got you into the wrestling uh, like WWE, though? Like who made that phone call to you? Was, you know, did you reach out to WWE or did WWE reach out to you? Um. Well, well, it was Shayna that got me into okay. WWE in general. Um, and then she started uh, training at the PC. And then Marina moved out there with Chris. Um, and so I guess I kind of approached them, but we were kind of... Sorry, who the hell? Fuck you. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me the beat. I got to change my number. Um, <clears throat> the uh, What's it called? So then I was like, uh, I had a bachelorette party coming up and i thought i really want to hang out with the girls but everybody's in florida doing wrestling i'm like well why don't i come and i'll do wrestling with you guys and that way we can hang out and like have our time over there so um i had uh i, I talked to like i think my my agent brad i didn't have like triple h's number or anything and i was like what do you think the WWE would think if i like asked my bachelorette party spent like a week uh training over there and then like me and i think it was me jessamine and shane i would do like an rv road trip i love rvs um to la from florida and then um so that was kind of it my present to myself as i wanted to basically give myself a tryout <laughs> awesome. i don't That's think so they'd cool. be upset about it but i don't think so either. Either. no <laughs> yeah well we had so much fun though it was a really good time and like yeah so then um my agent brad like set up a, a meeting with uh me and triple h and being like oh would you like to do this kind of a thing and i was like yeah but i i didn't know what i was getting into i didn't think i'd be able to have any actual matches on my own i didn't know what live shows were i didn't know that was a thing um <laughs> but yeah so it ended up becoming like um like a give a mouse a cookie situation where I was mm. just like, okay, I'll do this fun wrestling thing before me and Trav have a baby. It was kind of like a bucket list. Okay, let me go do oh, some man. WWE stuff. 
um, for like a year or whatever before we have a baby. And because at first I was like, oh, yeah, by like November, we want to go off and have a baby. And they're like, oh, well, we kind of do things from WrestleMania to WrestleMania. So could you extend it to the next WrestleMania? I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. And then it just developed into this entire like world and universe and experience that I didn't know what was coming. And so it was not it was very organic the way everything happened. That's pretty cool. So um, it's funny. There's a. Kurt wanted me to actually ask you this question, but before that, I wanted to wear, <laughs> I wanted to wear Sophia's, it, you have a new shirt, the Ronda Rousey shirt, it's black, which is totally dope. And I wanted to wear it and <laughs> I had to fight with Sophia. Sophia's like, that's my Mrs. Rousey shirt. You're not going to wear that. So <laughs> bugging me out. I was like, let me just wear. She's like, no, that's my new shirt. So I wanted to wear this one. This is the one with you and Kurt. Uh, then I had to hear from Kurt. I was going to wear that with Ron <laughs> on my podcast. And I'm like, that's so funny. You're going to shut the hell up. I'm going to wear your shirt. I, remember, so, I was looking at that and thinking like, oh, man, that one's kind of cute. I lost that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so I had a fight with... I was like, they love this chick so much. Uh, I'm going to wear this. I love um, them. So I wanted to ask you, Kurt did this storyline, and Vince is just... He's fun. You know, he... Whenever he came in, and um, he brought his family in, he brought his brothers in, and um, uh, it's funny because he had nephews, but they said it was his cousins. So it was like the Angle family did the whole Christmas thing. Would you be able like would you be okay with if Vince wanted to bring your sisters or even a, your mom because she's a complete badass would you be okay to do storylines with your family or is that a no no go work and then come back home to the family I'll even include Travis in that too yeah yeah Travis that. too I think Trav would be down mm-hmm. I think we'd have a great time we would love that I think uh, my mom might actually like haul off and beat the shit out of somebody if they said yes! something that pissed her off. Like a hundred percent. I I hundred percent. I um I I had <laughs> I had at one point tell Becky I'm like, hey Becky, uh, I don't think you can say anything else with my mom because she might kill you if she oh, sees you. That's because <laughs> my mom literally said to me she was like. These people might pay you to put up with this kind of shit. No one's paying me. If anyone says shit about me and I see them in person, I'm going to break the fucking arm. I'm like, mom, <laughs> you're out of 10. I think, I think me and your mom might be related. <laughs> we need to bring it down to like a 0.5. And, and I was like, I'll talk to them. I'll make sure, you know, that we're not like bringing like anything. To piss. But yeah, um, I don't think my mom could handle it um, without... <laughs> getting arrested um i love with my my i do with my mom with my boys i i feel like i just don't want them to get like any kind of like negative attention at school Mm. or for them to like see any feedback online be like you know ronda's sons are fucking they're too tall dark and handsome fuck them or whatever you know what i mean yeah uh i don't I, i don't know if i'm I don't want, I don't want to bring them into that kind of scrutiny. I, I've spent years to get used to it and I don't want to like bring them into it. And uh, with Poe, I mean, I don't like mask her or anything, but we, uh, me and Trav keep saying like five-year plan or now it's like four and a half year plan um, that when the boys uh, graduate from high school, we're going to go, go all move to Hawaii and raise all of our kids out in Hawaii because my husband's mm-hmm. Hawaiian and um, want them to like grow up there and, you know, yeah. be in, 
in touch with her own culture and plus it's like paradise on earth yeah, kind of like oh no not live in hawaii yeah so, uh, your plan <laughs> yeah it's basically my favorite place ever so um by the time we get out there i'm not going to be putting anything like on social i think like what my kids look like or thing like that mm. but um just uh i don't know if it's like socially healthy to like i i, I had i was a public figure when i was older Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I would deal with it being younger. And I, I kind of don't want to like experiment with my kids doing that. Yeah. Cause you were in that spotlight for so long. Like I totally understand. Yeah. But you, you know what I mean? Going through puberty and having that kind of attention. <laughs> yes. Uh, I yes. just don't want to, if mm-hmm. it's bad, I, I don't want it to be my fault. Yeah. So are you, your daughter and I like comparing you to Kurt, um, Kurt was like terrified to, because of, what he went through to be a wrestler and it was hard for him to be dad and make sure that he's not putting too much pressure on his kids and in, in sports. Mm-hmm. But so he backed out and he put, put me in charge of that. And then he shows up and he cheers them on, but he doesn't know that balance. I think he's afraid because of what he went through was like intense training. Mm-hmm. So a, you, the way you were grow, growing up, like your daughter, how, what does she wanted to do sport? Like, how would you change the way you were growing up to how you would be a mom to raising her that way? I think my mom actually found a really great balance. And I'd try to kind of replicate that. And that like, <clears throat> when you're a little kid, mm-hmm. even if you're trying to be a badass, like sometimes you still like, you just need your fucking mom. And mm-hmm. you just want to cry and you just want to like be babies and just meet your mom. And um, my mom would, she kind of would keep an over, like an overarching view on everything. She would be like, okay, these are the coaches that you're going to work with. And this is, you know, sh- she needs to work more on like Nawaza, which is like groundwork. Or she needs to do armbar. She needs to do this. So she would like find who my coaches are and tell them what I need to work on and read out all of my trainings and organize everything. But she wasn't the one like on the mat. She wasn't the one like, you know, sometimes some people, they don't need to get yelled at is the thing, but like sometimes you need to get pushed. You need to be made to feel comfortable. And like everyone needs kind of like a different thing when they're training. But if, um, if I am not thinking 20 times a day to my coach, like I fucking hate you, you should like, try and come try and come here and do this i'll fucking kill you if you try to you know like i would would have to like (laughs) i have to hate my coach while i'm training basically and um i don't want to have that with your mom mom. yeah Mm -hmm. because i'll always in my head out they're like 15 minutes 10 more i'll be like i'd like to see you 10 10 more you fucking badass (laughs) you know what i mean like i'd always have this thing or like Go harder, whatever you could, you could do better than that. I'm like, you can't do better than that. I know, I do. <laughs> I, I always have like this. That's like a South Park sitcom right there. Yes, yes. So always like in my head, I'm talking shit to my coach at all times and hating them because they're pushing me really hard. And um, that's such a so smart, my, yeah, yeah. My mom would put somebody else in that I'm role. Like, yeah, that's she hates awesome. you. Yeah, but then she would always be sitting at the side of the mat where. I, I kind of always had this um, like tick where I'm like, no, I, I can't fuck around. Like I was like trying, like uh, working with all the other kids and they try to just chat and whatever. 
I'd be like, okay, we can chat, but we have to like keep working while we chat because the second that I am like just ch- chatting and not doing anything, I will look up and my mom. She would always have like her computer there. Like she would be there working. But the second that I wasn't, she had a sense that the, the second that I wasn't actively doing something trading, like her eyes would come up above like the yeah. laptop and I would look and meet yeah. her eyes and she'd be like, Ugh. and then I'm like, <laughs> ah! we gotta keep going. I'm sorry. Like we can't stop and talk. And so she was kind of like the, <laughs> Like the eye of Sauron watching yeah, me train. Sense, right? She had yeah, the all seeing lidless eye that but she wasn't the actual one on the mat training with me all the time. That makes yeah. sense. Which I so think that's you said that was a tick. It was a, kind of a tick that like I, I I felt like if I'm not being productive every single second that I'm on the mat, that my mom is somewhere glaring at me. So what I'm saying is when I become a parent yeah. of an athlete, I want to be the eye of Sauron. There you go. <laughs> Let somebody else take the heat for you. I yeah. <laughs> I'll just glare at them from yep. a tower. You give them the look. The mother look, man. The mother mm-hmm. look is fucking powerful. All it you got to do is look <laughs> over and give them the fucking evil eye and, and make them snap to it. Yeah. But yeah. I did find out why my mom stopped training with me mm-hmm. years, years later. That's how much of a badass my mom is. Like a, 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 a one point, I was in like my teens. I'm like, mom, I, we haven't trained for like years. Why? Why did you stop training with me? And I found out that when I was probably like thirteen or something like that, that I like threw my mom and broke her wrist. Oh and man! She completely no sold it. No sold it. Wow. Hundred percent. And I never knew that I broke my my own mom's wrist. Wow. Until years later, and she was like, "Yeah, you kind of got too big for me." Because from 11 to 14, I like grew more, I think maybe eight inches or something like that and doubled in weight. So I went from 70 to 140 pounds and grew like, yeah, there was a couple, there was a couple of years where I grew like four inches, like a year or something like that. Wow. And um, so I went from, I'm five, six and a quarter. (laughs) So I have around up to five seven on my pipe stuff. Right. Make me sound scary. Okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, on this podcast, yeah, yeah. I know that a lot. Yes, <laughs> it's for the quarter. But um, yeah, I went from little kid to suddenly bigger and stronger than my mom in a very short period of time, and so she had to cut me off after that because apparently I was breaking my mom's wrist oh terrible it sounds terrible she said she's like she she like held that in for like years yeah she said she's like it was my own fault i put my own hand down you know but still how bad let's talk about debt baby yeah no nobody actually likes talking about debt especially someone like me in his late 20s Talking about or thinking about debt is like the very last thing that I want to do because paying down debt can be very stressful, especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates. And if you're tired of juggling due dates, consolidating with a personal loan could actually be your answer. That way you'll have just one due date a month and Credit Karma can help you find the very best option that fits you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized just to you, so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval, so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100%, say it again, that's 100% free. It won't affect your credit scores. 
and it could save you money as well. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. So if you're ready to apply, head to creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Go to creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com forward slash loan offers. It's funny. I Yesterday, I uh, wrestled with Rob. Rob came from behind me. He's 17. <laughs> and he comes from behind me. And I'm like... I still can't let them win yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point where it's like, I'll break my arm just to <laughs> my ass yet. <laughs> and he came from behind me and my son Anthony's like recording it and I have no idea. And you hear him, I'm like, grunting. <sighs> and I turn around on him and I'm like punching him. And he's just laying on the couch, hysterical laughing. I was like, not yet, motherfucker, not yet. oh the day though the day that they do succeed i remember once my mom was mad at me and i said some fucking smart ass thing back to her and she like half playing around but half not like (laughs) jumped on me and i fucking first my mom tied her up got her ass in our bar and i was like "Ah!" (laughs) she was she couldn't even bad at me anymore. She was so right. proud that her own daughter like threw her down and got her in armor. Right. Like today, if Poe could ever throw me down and get me in the armbar, I'm just gonna be like the lone tear <laughs> looking <laughs> off into the sunset. Oh, so I'm like, <laughs> I need a minute. Oh, <laughs> baby. Like, my did I hurt you? No, I'm proud. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Kim, do you guys just throw RKOs out of nowhere all the time? (laughs) So we, me and the boys wrestle around like fucking crazy. And I will stand on the bed. Giovanna knows I'm always trying to, I'm always trying to get somebody to like kick my ass. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, babe, babe. Stand at the edge of the bed. Let me like try to cross body you. Or, <laughs> let me try to do this thing to you. I'm like, babe, you know, pick me up and like uh AA me. I want to so <laughs> he won't do it. He won't do it. But Rob does. Rob is strong enough that he'll take me now and he'll like throw me on the ottoman. And I'm I'm like, I'll, I'll lay there. And it's just it's so much fun to roll around and like play wrestle Rhonda Kim's kink right now is that she like wants to be put through a table by somebody (laughs) this is a formal offer will you put Kim Warren through a table of course (laughs) I mean a table like a really like a Tuesday for me is it (laughs) yeah oh it's way easier than the ground if you think about it like the Uh, fall is not that far it's it's like it's making it in half it's like half of a fall like who cares it's a little harder and it like bends in the middle Ooh, I no man table's day. easy like picking a bump on like the car that was easy mm. it's this it's the fall distance not the, okay. the hardness of the surface you know what i mean right okay. yeah but i mean i'll put you through a table and then you'll be like oh, oh my God, i just want to feel it <laughs> yeah that's fine yeah. but you're gonna look at me and be like okay so Rhonda, how kurt says he Hated his first bump. Mm. How was your first bump? Oh, whenever you took it, like in the ring, and you like did your bumps, like th- was it good? Was it cool? Or were you like, uh, yeah, it was totally fine. I, the first thing <laughs> you learn in judo is falls. True. I've taken mm-hmm. thousands of awkward falls in my life. And I think when I told us, like, yeah, go in the ring and like 
do some like break balls like this. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, Cause like in judo, we would do that as a warm up. You would just like do a whole bunch of them, throw yourself down over and over. And so like we were doing like our, uh, I think it was me and the girls were all in the ring. It was me, Jessamine and Marina. We're just all in the ring, just hitting break balls over and over. Ukemi as we call them in judo. And um, yeah, he like got a little video of us. Like we didn't know we were supposed to go and do one. <laughs> we were just doing them over and over again until someone told us to stop because that's what you do and yeah. judo training. And so like I always learned to fall really awkwardly mm. to make it look like it was as less as possible because it's a scoring system. You're trying to throw the other person flat on their back and you're trying to not hit flat on your back. So mm-hmm. um, like I would literally cartwheel off of my face to avoid hitting my back on the ground all the time. So if you look back at my wow. cats and Ghana fight, that's exactly what I was doing. It was a learned response from judo to cartwheel off my head and turn so I don't fall on my back. So it was more of adjustment going from trying to make it look like the other person's throw was as little as possible to making it look as big and grand as possible. But like falling, I love doing like bumps that look really awkward. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it looks in, more real, right? Yeah. And pro wrestling, yeah. They, sh- they show you like the front bump and then the flat on your back one. And that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they don't. And then they show like a rolling forward, mm-hmm. like a forward roll. But they don't do side falls. They don't do like chemi rolls. They don't do like all of these different. So I like learned to fall a whole bunch of different ways. And like I kind of relate it to like if you're getting like tossed by a wave, you kind of just kind of go limp. And then when you know like, oh, there's surface and you go for it. It's kind of like that where like I just fall differently. Or I just kind of go with it wherever it is. And then, oh, there's the ground and slap it. And so like that's one thing I, I really like to um, in my matches take like a at least one like really good awkward looking you know fall yeah. people are like oh my god is she okay because they because right. even if they don't yeah. know like they're used to seeing the textbook falls that you're supposed to do and so when they see something that's not people immediately are like oh in, in another way even though i'm like ah that doesn't feel like anything to me so now bumping is probably the one of the easier things for me i love bumping to the outside like that's like one of my favorite things because I always get such a great reaction. It doesn't really feel like much to me. That was the one thing I noticed about your WrestleMania debut match with Kurt was immediately I said, she is so good at selling. She's so good at drawing emotion from the crowd with how yeah, she's yeah. feeling. And and then you tell such a great story, right? As the baby face coming back. I want to ask you about that match. That's you and Kurt versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Giovanna. I'd love to know your side too. Uh, generally considered to be one of the greatest WrestleMania debuts ever, uh, wrestling debuts ever. It was a magical moment. And you hug Kurt at the end there. And it just, it's such a genuine, genuine moment there. Uh, how did that feel, that elation? And Giovanna, to you at the end of that, what was that like seeing all that unfold in front of you guys? Man, I think it's just something that uh, I've always been trying to recreate since. I almost feel like I that was like the happiest I ever could have been in that ring. And like I think the like <clears throat> the match itself was just so perfect, and we were able to work on it for weeks. And Triple H, and Kurt Angle, and Shawn Michaels, and you know, and Michael Hayes, and Sarah Mato, and all these different people all had their different uh, takes on it, and had helped adjust it and make it like perfect over weeks. And you know. Kurt Angle and Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and all these people. And uh, it was just, to me, that was the perfect match and the perfect moment. And I 
and that's become like my the dragon that I'm chasing ever ever since. So um, I, yeah, I, I peaked I peaked in the <laughs> on the first day. Right? How did how did it feel it seeing it. all that? Because that must have meant so much for Kurt too. I'd have to imagine. Yeah, I think that was the first. Um, after years that he was an angle with you know Hunter and Stephanie, you know, so to share that moment with Rhonda and seeing Rhonda running to Travis and Kurt running to me at the end, it was it was such a cool moment. I was I was there with Kim and D yeah. and and I got to share with my girls, so it, it was awesome and seeing him, and then actually it was like really I was thinking like thank goodness I didn't miss that many more like I was there for a few more WrestleMania moments he has left so I'm like so glad I didn't miss that memory of, with him but at the end like he just yeah, I ran to the back and I saw him and and it was he was just so happy and you know and so happy he did it with Ronda and two Olympians and it was just like such a magical like historic like moment oh and gosh. And he and, you know, he did a match with like n- n- that. Was that the first time he tag teamed with a female in at, at a WrestleMania? For at sure. a WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, in Rhonda, you were there for that moment with him. And it, it just like I know that like, he considers you as his little sister. He like adores the shit out of you, you know, and for okay. him to have. So his daughter is you to be like her role model her like you know she loves you it just makes him like just like he shared that with like a family member so it was just all around just such a good happy moment for all of us so you thank you you crushed it by the way like i know um so i've watched you fight and now watch you wrestle and you fucking crush it every time you're so naturally good at wrestling like wwe wrestling too it's you're a lot of fun to watch i love too i love i love rough girls that look like they could take an ass kicking and also like give an ass kicking that's why i like like sasha banks you know what i mean like she looks like you could fucking pound her and she'll get up and keep coming for more. And I think you two would be awesome. But the thing too, though, like Rhonda's such a badass and gives off that persona, but your smile, Rhonda, it's a million bucks. Yeah. And like people feel with that, but like, seriously, like people feel with that. And when you elicit emotion from an audience, that's that special connection in wrestling, right? Like that's the, the secret sauce that all of us chase. And, and you've got that down. It's, it's been pretty cool to see unfold. Well, you know what's funny is that's what I would always get um, yelled at for <clears throat> ever since I was a little kid because I was so emotional when I fought. I would, mm-hmm. If I was frustrated, I would cry. You know, I would really like show everything on my face. If I was excited about something, you could tell. If I was angry, you could tell. And um, we were always told like, hey, you can't let your opponent mm-hmm. see yes. that they're getting to you or what, what's happening with you. And um yeah, I I feel like in WWE I finally get to let out what I was always kind of su- suppressing and which it was yeah. like not feeling any kind of don't show anything, especially if like the referees are about to give you like a decision, you can't look like you're ever you can't like look like you're ever hurt, you can't look like you're ever tired. And so um <clears throat> what's kind of funny is I have to um 
make myself look tired when I wrestle. I have to like make myself like breathe hard and make myself look like I'm tired because I swear to God, like ask her, like I could totally straight face, not even breathing through my mouth an entire match. And you would never know how tired I was. And um, I have to remember be like, ah, 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 ah." (laughs) (laughs) none of that, none of that's real. None of that's real. Oh my God. And it was so funny. It's like people kept asking me, like, are, are you worried about blowing up? And I'm like, should I? Like, I, yeah. I never thought about it in my life. I never come out. I was like, yeah. this is like your longest match ever. And you've been a long break. You're worried about blowing up. Worried about like, not until now was like everybody telling me this stuff. But it's kind of like, a, um, I think um, with fighting or judo, it's, Every single thing that you're doing is as hard and, and as fast and as focused as you could do it at all times. Mm. And um, I think like wrestling, it's not like that, it's like intense. You can take moments to think about like, how do I feel right now? And these kind of things and showing my face and stuff like that. Because like in fighting, it's just like I have no emotion. There's no like I have to keep any opinion about anything out. Everything is just so focused on like every chopping every second into little bits so you can analyze and make decisions and everything like that. And um, I think uh, that's like where, where a lot of like anxiety and stuff comes from with fighting and high level competition. And so like uh, with like WWE, it's kind of like fun. it's like fighting in the funnest way possible. Like what mm-hmm. if you could make a fight as exciting as you wanted to make it and everything happened like the way you think it would be the coolest, what would it be? And it almost feels like I'm playing but not in like in a disrespectful way. It's just like, oh, okay, we get to like, yeah. we get to play fight, you know, we get to do, okay, but what if you came at me with this thing? Because every time I kept, um, like my Sode uh, Sur Komogoshi is a throw that I won my Olympic bronze medal with. And I kept being like, oh, I want to make this work in an MMA match. And if someone did this and someone did that, you know, I was so ready for it that the situation just never came up. And uh, with, with WWE, I can be like, hey, now I can make all of those situations come up for things that I think would be really cool in a fight that I never really got to do. Um, so it's kind of like it, it gets to push my imagination to like farther than what like chance opportunity really gave me up until this point. I actually which is, wanted like, to ask part. you about that. Like if, if it was hard to put a match together and to remember it. And so it sounds like it's fun to you to put a match together. Well, remembering it is hard. Um, I'm not like a seasoned veteran or anything like that. And like, like this past mania, I was like, I don't have this down <laughs> at all. We're about to go out there and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know all this match yet. Yeah. Um, but like all the parts where I knew I wasn't sure what was next was that a part where I could get like a cue or something from somebody else. Be like, oh yeah, uh, this okay. thing. But I'm very much dependent on who else I'm in there with to make the match itself and to guide me when I'm out there because like I'm like a smoke and mirrors bitch I've only had a year and a half of experience and people forget that a lot and um a lot of times I get thrown these situations where I'm like hey I, I need to be able to get reps in I need to know what this is um but with my whoever my opponent is I also get to hand it to them and be like I'm not going to argue with you. You make the match of your dreams. What do you want it to be? Let's do it. Right. And so it's it's been really cool. Whoever I get to work with, be like, see what kind of match is there 
their dream match in that situation. And like you're talking about uh, Sasha, I got to go out to thought to New York and um, meet one of the guys that really helped her put her stuff together and see how she did that and put um, you know our match at Royal Rumble together, which was different than when I fought Naya and she came out to browse the acres and we put a bunch of ideas together and you know it was it's really cool learning from every opponent that I have the different ways that um, they put matches together and the the different like things that like they go for their different styles and everything like that and how um, um I, I'm able to kind of fit in with what their ideal is every time oh you're a natural I have a question this yeah. is another one for Kurt because <laughs> actually it's it's for me, but Kurt, it, he, he really was bugged out about this because I think I wasn't tooting his horn. Um, so <laughs> I asked Kurt if I should ask you this question and what, like, was this okay? And um, he actually threw himself saying, yeah, what about me? So, um, so boxers, it, they're not allowed to fight on the streets because their you know their hands are considered lethal weapons is that that's correct um and do you know. <laughs> you don't know that like if would you get in trouble as you have an mma background say you got in a fight with that would you, are you considered a lethal weapon also i tried it i asked this to kurt and he was like well i'm a i'm an olympic gold medalist so i'm a lethal weapon too because of my my background is like mma uh -huh. I'm like, fucker, sit back okay uh -huh. sit back, all right so do you know anything about that at all um i don't know if you're like you're technically considered a lethal weapon but i mean the the law will not be kind on you having such an advantage <laughs> i mean i never get like i've I always hear about people being like, yeah, I got in this fight and I got in that fight and this fight and that fight. I've never gotten in any kind of altercation since middle school. No, even before that and gotten away with it. Like there's always been very bad consequences. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think like you're technically a lethal weapon. Like I don't think you're going to get charged by like uh, the same as you would with a gun if you attack somebody, but um, mm -hmm. they're not going to be kind to you or anything at all. But I don't think there's like a special arm of the law for you know <laughs> lethal weapon hands that sounds like uh, sounds messy <laughs> totally put himself over yeah and like where where's the line like where do you go from like when when does your hand become a lethal weapon you know like oh you're like golden gloves you like, in a one time 10 years ago yeah like what's the definition stay away no, no, no. yeah time to tell you about something i'm super passionate about protecting your family Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com, but to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean right now. And just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. 
and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. So, Rhonda, before we let you go, we want to play a game with you. We like playing right. the wrestling podcast. And we were trying to, we, we typically do a, a true false game called it's true. It's true or RK. No, but we wanted, <laughs> to, we wanted to do something a little different with you because we know Travis has been such a huge part of uh, your adult life and husbands are a big theme here. So we're going to play this game. It's kind of a spinoff of the newlywed game. And I've got these ambiguous questions and you guys have either cue cards or Kim's got some dolls. Fine. <laughs> ambiguous. Uh, it's, uh, just just open-ended more or less and you guys just tell me which one of you fits best for the response okay so and we'll, we'll get just let us peek inside got, your relationships i got posted okay. all right i'm ready all right so i'll give you guys a, a three seconds to think about i'll count you down from three and you can hold up which one it is okay, okay. so let's start with this one uh this was my first question but i think we already know the answer but i'll ask it anyway uh who is cleaner between the two of you guys oh, sorry count down three Two, one, go. And uh, we got Travis, Giovanna, and Randy. So we, we heard about Travis. Yeah. Um, Giovanna, you're, you're the neat freak around the house? Yes, okay. I am. We'll be in a like me and Kurt share a closet, which I hate. And um, he will take his, what are, what are they called? Shirtless. What are they? What are tank they? Top? Tank, top? tank tops. Yeah. I say other things. He's like, don't, don't call it that. Shirtless? Did you say shirtless? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> shirtless. That's shirtless. Whatever. And then he will, he'll take it out and then he'll hang it where it's like over the clothes instead of just putting it back in. I don't know why he does it, but he will like, if he mm -hmm. wears something, he'll do a Kim, he'll throw it on the ground and he'll just put something like he's just. I don't know. I don't know. He just does things where I just. I want to be OCD clean. <laughs> I wish I had that in me. You know what, though? I, There's I, Travis OCD. He's not OCD clean. He's super cleanly, cleanly about one thing except for his own hair. Like yeah. when he shaves his hair over the sink. Yeah. Just it gets everywhere over the sink. And it's it's he's staring at me right now. And it's all <laughs> over the sink for a while. So like any time that I'm like doing lotion and I have to grab something and touch the cat, like it comes up like covered in, in hairs at all time. And I'm like, I, but you know what? It's one of those things like when, when you, like you're splashing this thing to try to get all the hairs down the sink. Yeah. And you're like, I'm the one that gets to put his hairs down the sink. And like, the one time I saw like the carpet had been like flipped over. I'm like, why is the carpet flipped over? And I like flipped it back, and there was like, Heat. there was like this, this little like, oh my goodness, <laughs> bundle of like mystery <laughs> collection of body parts hair. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, did he flip this over to, to cover it up, or was this a coincidence? That's and it's like, whatever. I just put the carpet back. I'm like, someone will do it. <laughs> someone will do something about this. I love it. 
<laughs> All right, let's go for another one here. <coughs> Who made the first move? Uh, you or your husband? Go ahead. So Rhonda. Oh, sorry, sorry. I forget. There's a countdown. We have no rules. We have no rules. It's fine. Um, so no, I don't know. Oh no! When, you don't Kim, know. You made the first move, Kim. There's no doubt. How did I make the first move? Uh, because you literally bought show. tickets to get yourself seen by Randy Orton at a WWE live. Well, I like saw him first. Where I was like, oh my god. That blue-eyed, bald-headed guy. <laughs> but then, that's him. Right. But like, oh, wait a minute. He walked over. No, my mother. Like, um, what's your name? I, I didn't get to know all know, this. I got to yeah. get to know all this. I was like, okay. <laughs> I got to get my, to know all this. I need to sound as my mom. Me, mm -hmm. my mom, because okay. my mom got yeah. his number. Maybe the hookup. She did. <laughs> now, Rhonda, you said, you said you, Rhonda. How did that all go down? Um. <clears throat> Well, it, it went down in stages because we were like friends for like a year and a half and uh -huh. at the same gym before, you know, it came to it. But um, there uh, was like, when I was trying to get his number, I uh, I didn't know that I was trying to, I did, but okay. <laughs> he was in the ring and I was on the outside and I was like, hey, Travis, because I would call him Travis back then. I have this really funny beard meme. Give me your number and I'll send it to you. Uh, and he crosses the whole ring, leans over the rope and goes, oh, let me see it. <laughs> so I step back on my phone. I said, give me my give me your number and I will send it to you. And then like, the funny thing is, it's like all Armenian guys and us in the gym. And anytime me and Trav talked, Trav said he would, it would like a record scratch. Like everyone stuff they're doing and like watch us interact. <laughs> and uh yeah, so in front of funny. everybody, I got That's his awesome. number. Okay. You try to be smooth. Yeah. Super cute. Went right over his head. <laughs> yeah, right, right over his head. Right. Oh, so then like, like, um, beard meme now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because so we would just send beard memes back and forth for a while. That was like all our only interaction. And then um on Thanksgiving. <laughs> he sends me you ever see that thing of like the turkey like on a paper but someone cut out the paper and stuck their balls <laughs> to it so he sends me that but i'm like at thanksgiving dinner so i haven't seen it yet so i had don't respond for a while and i go back to my phone after thanksgiving hold, hold on <laughs> you can come set it up if you'd like that's fun we were talking about text back and forth like you know and then I sent that, and then you just went dark on me. Did you hear all that? Yes. 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 Okay. So apparently I suddenly went dark. You ghosted I went dark, guys. I went dark on Thanksgiving. And then I go back after Thanksgiving dinner, and I look at my phone, and there's the balls. I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then, <laughs> then another thing goes, those aren't mine. <laughs> and he was like another one another text like i'm really sorry you found that offensive and then a text like i really respect you as a woman and an athlete i really didn't want to that all these texts after and i'm like i they i like i i thought it was funny i was having dinner yeah. sorry, oh i was gonna know. say you had you should have fucked with him after that a little bit oh i dare <laughs> you another ball meme back i mean he's been <laughs> fucking with himself long enough so yeah. I'm I'm sure. bad. Oh, it's torture it is there's nothing like being ghosted it's the worst feeling in the world so i, I, oh, I feel john yeah whatever yeah it's, uh, let's still trying to find him the love of his life mm -hmm. ever oh if you know anyone Rhonda. anyway i do <laughs> okay
Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a married woman. I keep my single friends in my back pocket. I'm like, how do I shuffle these? I have yeah. an Emmy award right back there. So just awarded the back. Oh, shit. Okay, all right. Um, who is more? Who is more romantic? Okay. Three, two, one, go. Travis, Giovanna, and Randy. Okay. We are still waiting to yeah. hear the Bora Bora story on this oh. podcast, which we will, which is about their proposal. So um, but, good. But, Shit uh, I would never think of. He's he's so good. It's a good one. Um, one. Giovanna, you'd say you're the more romantic of the two? I feel like because I have like OCD, where okay. all I do is plan stuff. So I, if there's any special moments, I even, even like Kim knows this about me. I'm like, Oh, you should do this. Or oh, like, yeah. I just can't stop thinking of things, you know? So I think because of my OCD, I could like, Oh, this is coming up. So this Kurt is spontaneous, romantic guy, which I love about that because I wouldn't want to, you know, at all the time. It's like this, he, he does at the, the perfect moments on his mm-hmm. time, which is great. But I'm like constantly thinking like of shit. So that's that's why I am. How's Travis the bigger romantic? Oh God. I mean he's really romantic, but he's like he knows that I'm not very uh conventional when it comes to what I feel like romance is. Mm-hmm. And so um well our engagement is an example. He asked um Marina, my best friend. You know, what should I do? I was thinking of like getting a helicopter and taking us on top of like a mountain in New Zealand and like, you know, <laughs> posing to her there. And she was like, no, got to make sure she's sweaty, dirty, covered in blood. Wow. And then you ask her. <laughs> oh, my, That's oh, pretty right. unconventional. How did yeah. he ask you? What happened? So, um, so his idea, he was like, okay, I'm going to take her like red stag hunting in New Zealand because they're uh, invasive there. They're bad for the environment, right? So if people don't hunt them. The government just goes and guns them down and like leaves them out there. Oh, wow. And it's a big problem. So um, I'm not really big into sustainability and stuff like that. And I never um, hunted anything like that before. Still haven't. Because <laughs> 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 one time like we were like getting really close and like, we were in a good spot, but Travis was like, oh, maybe we should move. And he ended up blowing the deer out. And he was like, he, he was really giving himself a hard time about it. He's like, damn it. Uh, uh, and what, what is this? Like, you, you say it's, it's it's called hunting, not killing. Why are you all frustrated? But he it was like had this idea in his mind that I would like take down this majestic beast. And he would like <laughs> wait as I took a bite out of the heart to like <laughs> pull the ring out. My queen. <laughs> yeah. I ended up getting a, a, like a, a pig after that. Uh, but he was like, I can't ask her to marry me over a pig. Over a pig. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like carrying this pig like through the mountains of New Zealand. And there's like flies around me and stuff. And I'm like, like I'm like, the, the, the ticks on the pigs, they don't eat people, right? They're not like jumping ship and eating me right now. They're like, no, they're just tick pigs. I'm like, I'm liars. So that wasn't the time he thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then, um, as we were coming down from a hunt, there was a bunch of like a uh, tar, which are like a like a Himalayan mountain goat, but they were like really down low, and um, so he was like sprinted ahead and like got one on like the opposite side of a ravine. Like Trav is also like a superhuman; he's got like better than twenty twenty vision, mm-hmm. and like is the like longest, strongest, most amazing person you ever seen. So this tar gets pinned up on the opposite 
like side of this uh riverbank like a cliff and he shoots it at 113 yards with a bow which is like unbelievable and it like kills it instantly and it falls into this river and then it was it rained the day before it's like oh my god we can't let it get washed away um so we're like running down to get it and it like fell to like the bottom of a waterfall it was at the bottom of a waterfall like waiting there for i remember thinking like oh wow this is like really pretty and uh when we found it but he was like wait here i uh need to find my backpack to like take a picture and i hate taking pictures with dead animals okay like i do not like it i'm not gonna smile over it okay mm. like this is how i eat and i'm not gonna like be like hey you Fine. know you know what i mean I, I just, you know, I don't think it's very, it's very respectful to the animal. Mm. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, of course, is like, tries to constantly get me in pictures with dead animals and make me smile, which I don't like. So um, he's like, oh, I got to get my, my backpack because he forgot his ring. He saw it. He's like, oh, my God, my backpack has the ring in it. So he has to run back and I'm sitting there hanging out with this goat. <laughs> <laughs> on the waterfall dead goat i'm like thank you tar we ended up eating this this tar over the next couple weeks it was it's delicious actually thank you tar and this rug is actually in our room where my baby is learning to crawl on this tar rug and um and uh so he comes down to like take a picture the guys i i I thought he was gonna be like oh you know come on babe just smile for it and so you can kind of like see in his face that he's like, when you start the video, he's like, I don't know who this person is because his back is to like a rushing river and he's holding this diamond behind his back, like hoping it doesn't fly oh into this river. Gosh. And uh, this is how romantic my husband is. He goes, and I know he's about to ask me to smile, you know, and I'm just like looking at him like this. He goes, I know it's over a dead animal, but we're in New Zealand and there's a waterfall. Will you marry me? (laughs) (laughs) That's sweet. I I was already nodding yes before he like, he pulled it out. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And he's like, oh, this speech doesn't have to be good at all. (laughs) She did it. That's awesome. Yeah, so for the next like couple of days, we were like marching up and around the New Zealand South Island with like this big engagement ring. Where I'm like, do not lose this, and like getting all kinds of mud in it and stuff. And that's why I feel like it's romantic. That's so unique to you guys, right? Like that's so perfectly fitting. Yeah, like he knows what's romantic to me. He's not gonna like. I mean, he has thrown petals on the bed. Let's be honest here, but you know, he 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 knows like. What what'll like touch me when it's surprising is yeah. when yes. when I like it. Like like you said, the Kurt just kind of comes out of the blue. Yeah. So he'll find times where I'm not expecting a romantic gesture and like mm. you thought this was just a dead goat, but yeah. we are now <laughs> spending our lives together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's great. That's awesome. All right. I got one more for you. All right. This is a okay. Giovanna Angle request. Who would survive longest in an apocalypse? You or your husband you mentioned already your husband's a badass superhuman you've you've done all right for yourself as well Rhonda. so i'm curious what the answer to this one is three two one go giovanna says her (laughs) okay so Rhonda, the only one to say their husband would survive long only because he's better than me at hunting 
Okay. That, that's it. Like he's really good with a bow. And I feel like in order to feed myself, <laughs> mostly like my ability to put out him and take all of his food, but mostly <laughs> my survival strategy. So I'm kind of with you. I, I feel like I, I can't kill something. I don't know why. I don't know if I could do it. Maybe to survive I could, but Randy's too bougie. I'd win. I'd stay, I'd, I'd stay alive longer. Oh, uh, yeah. Mr. He Cream of Rice. He needs to sleep. He needs, like, his whole setup. Like, to sit down and watch a movie, he has to have his, like, 10 things. He needs his water, his, <laughs> his chapstick, his smoker. He Like, everything needs to it, be it right It sucks here. to have to get up, though, for those kind of things. But he gets up 100 times anyway. Yeah. He gets up 100 <laughs> times, and then he'll sit down, and then he's like, fuck. And then he gets up. It, it, it's, a, it's a running joke in our house. It's like, uh, if we're going to do anything, we have to, like, and Randy goes, oh, I'll be down in two minutes. It's like, all right. So we got, like, 30 minutes. Because mm -hmm. by the time he's getting all his shit, it, you know, it's like, fuck, honey. <laughs> fuck. So he's too bougie. I would stay alive. But <laughs> we talk about the zombie apocalypse all the time. And uh, we have like lots of MR, is, are they called MREs? Like those uh, foods and packages, like the army. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We got, we got a fire. Got it. Yeah. We got oatmeal, shit like that. We're ready for it. <laughs> and Giovanna, like you? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I am. Um... <clears throat> I felt like I was like born, like not born, but like I was ready for the pandemic, which is so fucked up to say. But like when it happened, Kurt was just like, I was getting all right. This is gonna, this is just gonna last longer. We need to get cans and this and that, water and everything. And Kurt, and like for Kurt, I got him those um, those like chickens. What are they called in the cans? Watch your hands, Giovanna. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I got like I prepared my family like or, like my family's like obsessed with like the apocalypse movies and like the walking dead. They're fucking insane. So I feel like I even said even whenever I'm sick, I'm so pathetic. I will call or text my sisters and says if something fucking happens to me. Please help Kurt take care of my children. Jesus. Like, I swear, I'm so crazy because I, I have a cold. Kurt. And if I die, I swear, like, <laughs> if I die, like new symptoms that happens to me. I'm like, listen, if God forbid something happens to me, like my voice just like went away for no reason at all. I texted my sisters like, listen, I lost my voice for no reason. If something happens to me, please take care of my kids. Kurt will need help. He just needs help. Like, he just like. Kurt is Kurt and um, he needs some assistance. Like he, I told Kurt, I was like, you're going to need a personal assistant. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. When he's packing, he's leaving for eight days right out of the UK. I had to run around everywhere to make sure that he's going to be okay for the past, the next eight days. So I really, I, I really think it, it would probably be me. I would last, last longer. That's just I think it's unfair to break me and Trevor though. Cause we're, we're an apocalypse team. You are. We have, yeah, because I we have like thirty five thousand gallons of water. You're ready for this. Can like, we come? Like can we catchment? come live with you? We got we got lots of guns and bows and arrows. Yes, and plenty of bullets yeah. and shit. You just have to bring we'll skills. Out, bring we'll skills. Go back to back. The rousing yeah. that's fine. <laughs> but like Trav does, like all the logistics of like getting the water and stuff together. 
put all up. I'm also the one that's like, hey, babe, we need 35,000 gallons of water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like he gets that shit done. Right. But I you was think the, of it. I, you yeah, think I of all the, the ideas. Like, well, you have the brains. He's the yeah, brain. I'm, yeah. I'm like, hey, babe, we, we need we need a solar. We need yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, it's so funny. Like, when everybody was going crazy looking for toilet paper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like sitting here. oh were you hoarders no oh i i know she had the toilet i had but i had the bidets and i'm like um, oh we don't even need a lot of toilet paper i'm like we got bidets just wash your ass don't worry bidets, she bragged bidets. about her bidets right. for months well, didn't i she told you giovanna, <laughs> I'm like, giovanna go just get a fucking bidet like you won't need to hunt down toilet paper all you need is one bidet <laughs> <laughs> smart that's the Wives of Wrestling podcast, Ronda Rousey, <laughs> in, in, in one sentence right but there. That's, but that is Randy being bougie. I've never used a bidet until I met Randy because he had a bidet on the bus. I mean, that's like, not, that's she, not she bougie. She waxes her husband's no, ass. Bidets are not bougie. bougie. It, I No, but he's bougie. You do <laughs> wax your husband and all. I do. I take care of him. That's very Listen, nice. Listen, we take care of each other. I'll shave him. I that's, that's the end of the list. Shave I shave him. Me. Well, I, I feed him. I shave him. I take wives him. Wives and wrestling podcast. Like, promo code wives. You get it for free and five dollars at checkout. Um, he, did no. ask. he said, since they are our sponsors, why don't we get any? <laughs> make that happen. Make that happen. But uh, hey. This has been so much fun, Rhonda, really. And I'm so glad that we had a chance to see this side of you because you're such a prolific figure in the world of MMA and pro wrestling. And and this is such a human side of you. Uh, What else you got going on these days? Anything you'd like to plug and throw out there? And really, we're just so grateful that you spent this afternoon with us. Um, Actually, yes. Uh, The reason why we are so prepared for the apocalypse because of Browsy Acres and... uh, we started as a apocalypse survival thing and then it turned into like a sustainability let's source our own meat we don't want to like we didn't want to um like it was said i don't like to smile over dead animals this is like a necessity i tried being vegan it just wasn't for me my family didn't want to do it so we're trying to like source our meat sustainably so then we were like okay well let's just raise our own cow and see how that goes and uh trav did the research and was like we're going to get a cow and get the best of cows. And we got a full blood Japanese Wagyu oh, and, yeah. uh, that we found from um, that are now our partners up in uh, Southern Oregon. And we just fell in love with uh, Kobe. We actually are still eating Kobe. Mm. Even though this guy, it was a couple of years ago. We had um, uh, some of his Osobuco last night. It was amazing. And um, it was like such an amazing experience for us. And we're like, we want to be able to like share this with other people. So um for the last couple of years, we've been building a re- regenerative uh, Wagyu uh, operation. And so uh, what we're doing right now is we're coming up on our first like major harvest in, I think, like next spring. But we still have like um, lotteries and auctions for we, we, we harvest like a couple of animals, like three animals every six months right now. But the idea is to make our entire um, ranch into like a carbon capture machine basically wow. and so um we take the animals we we bought like 660 acres up in oregon and then our, our partner that has the wagyu genetics and everything has like another like 2500 acres like, really close 
and we're re we're we're investing in all of the infrastructure and redoing everything so that we can do rotational grazing for these cows and we can like put them on one area to really intensively graze it one day and then move them to another like say like let's say like do an acre a day and uh then we're actually bringing in chickens after that to um we're gonna, we're gonna start selling chickens so the chickens can go through all the poos and spread it out and then we can let that area rest for a large chunk of time so most people just take like a big area of land and just let the cows graze all of it all the time mm-hmm. what we're doing is um we're making them intensively graze one small area at a time to let the grass really really grow so the grass kind of goes through like a you didn't know you were getting into this. It goes into um, like a cycle where it's when it's short, it goes really slow. And then when it gets to the middle part, it goes really fast and it slows down when it gets to uh, as long as it wants to go. And uh, the root hairs kind of mimic how long the grass is. So if the grass is short and always being kept short, every time you bite it down, it sheds those root hairs, right? But it's kind of only doing this. If you let it grow really long and then let the cows eat it, all of that, the the extra on the bottom is being shed in the ground. And so all of that carbon is actually being brought into the soil as they're biting it down. So um, basically we want to be able to build the soil on our land by using the cows and the chickens to not to be like a, what's called carbon negative in, in the long run and like sequester all of this carbon into the soil itself and build these soils and all these different um, scab rock areas we're actually starting to build soil on top of it instead of like mowing down all these areas to create pasture we're building pasture on top of land that's like unusable around our land and stuff like that and so this is kind of like our passion project and what we really love to do because we um, most cows get bred one place and sent somewhere else where they get to a certain weight and sent to somewhere else where they get to like a feed lot and then they're sent to somewhere to be killed and we want these animals to be in one area their whole lives we take care of them we know that they're happy and you know um treated with dignity and up until when they're harvested and that's kind of what we're trying to like spread and offer to people is like a carbon negative humane solution for for beef so that's my that's my little spiel yeah that is so screw the yellowstone let's go to browse the acre (laughs) (laughs) you guys can come let me know oh my god Ladies, anything so else awesome. you'd like to say to Rhonda? Um, I don't know. I just think you have <laughs> the best skin. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, every time I go online and I and I go and I see your page, you just you're like this close to the screen, and you just have flawless fucking skin. So good yes. for you. Just want to oh, say thank that. you. Oh, yeah. I have a dermatologist. That's, that's yeah. what I would say. Go to your dermatologist. I had, I had rosacea like my whole life and always dealt with it. And then one day I like went to a dermatologist for like something else. I would like get like heat rash under my arms I'm wearing like 15 bras at once when I worked out. Um, but yeah, she just gave me some stuff for my skin. And I was like, I've been dealing with this my whole life. And it was like the easiest. It's like one yeah. thing or two things. So seriously, just go to a dermatologist yeah. and they'll, they'll hook you up. Skin. You got that good skin, girl. Thank you. Yeah. Rhonda, thank you so much. The Orids, the Angles, and John, we appreciate you coming on. We know how busy you are and we love you. And we are going to, we can't wait to see what else you got in WWE and on the Browsy Acres. We're going to definitely be ordering meat for sure. And we can't wait to see what you got going on in the future. Yeah. Backlash. Don't forget me. Yes. I'll be there. Be there. (laughs) 
I'm taking that title. I'm breaking yes. it on. Yes. See you guys there. Ronda and Rousey, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, and <laughs> yes. Ronda. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. That was so much fun. Perfect. That's great. Uh, Chav's been standing here doing a Girl, countdown to me. Oh, good, Ronda. Yeah. Sorry, Chav. ladies and gentlemen ronda rousey how great was she that was incredible stuff yeah she she's not only the baddest but the coolest Mm -hmm. giovanna angle you came through clutch on that one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we gotta get you booking some more yes we gotta get you (laughs) doing more agent (laughs) she she came she reached out to kurt so Thanks to Kurt. I used him on that one. But yeah, like it was funny because when she says, hey, I'll, you know, I'll be on your um, Kurt's when, when she was texting to Kurt. I'll be on your I could be on your podcast or Giovanna's. And when Kurt sent it to me, I was like, she knows we have a podcast. <laughs> so I was like, more like excited it, Kurt, she's ours. <laughs> yeah, no, he was so pissed that we had her before. Oh, him, sure so. <laughs> well, Rhonda lost the swear jar. But she she had a lot. Travis had a lot to do. So I'll give the farewell toast the John Cena quote of the week, uh, and it's a it's a nice short one, and I think it's a good one too. Okay, uh, and it is allow your mind to wander on occasion. Whatever you miss will most likely be there when you plug back in. Oh, I like that. Cheers to Rhonda. Cheers to Mr. John Cena. Yes. He's- Wait a minute. Did you even read that, or you memorized that? I read it. John. Mm. John. Uh... Nah, he was See, those TV people. broadcasters. You don't even know if you're reading off something or if you're that's look at you. natural I'm like little stickies next to the camera and shit. Oh, look at it, you. Ladies, I'm single, I'm available, I'm ready to go. Uh, Rhonda, send him those digits. Mingo, I'm ready to go. My, my, my ears perked up when I heard that. I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> but, um, but uh, hey, as like we being do, abused, <laughs> <laughs> just a little. As we have every week, ladies, we ask everyone to leave a five-star review for this podcast. And how could you not after that episode with Ronda Rousey? Like one from J. Wills 11, who gave us five stars, called it a brush, not a brush, a breath of fresh air. And said, I've really enjoyed the podcast. It has been a breath of fresh air and great insight into the lives of the wrestlers and their families' lives. I feel like I'm part of the conversation with how everyone gets along and allows us fans to get a look into their lives. Keep up the awesome work. So oh, thank you so much. So again, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, leave us that five star review. Leave us that like. This has been so much fun, ladies. I always love chatting. It always is. It always is. It always is. We love it. I love you guys and Bye. can't wait for our next guest. Bye. Love you. And let's um bid everyone uh one, one day. Day. <laughs>